Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. And church said amen. Thank you, folks. I appreciate the hard work that goes into a music ministry, don't you? I mean, they work hard for that. That doesn't just happen, you know? And I appreciate it. Good choir number, and, and uh, I love the song selection for today. And uh, we're glad to be here. I had a delightful time in the first hour, and uh, I got a chance to share some, some, uh, some of my heart with everybody, and, and I had a delightful time. I hope you did. I hope you don't judge me too harshly uh, by some of the things I shared. Just joking. We're, it's okay. We're good, right? But we're glad to be here. Don and I are, are excited to be here, looking forward to what God is, God is doing at Open Bible Baptist Church. And uh, we're praying for you. We're praying for God's will to be done right here in your midst, right? And you know, God wants to give us his will, doesn't he? He doesn't want it to be a mystery because he wants you to know it and fulfill it and enjoy it and be happy in it. You know, there's something about a healthy church. A healthy church is a happy church, right? Go ahead and smile. It's okay. I know it's Sunday morning and the smile police are out, but it's okay. You know, we all be happy, right? I mean, man, we're saved, you know, and, and our, our bread is buttered and our ticket is punched and, you know, all that stuff, right? Amen. So I'm excited. Uh, just to be saved, I'm excited to be anywhere preaching the Word of God, and this morning I'm excited to be here. Let me ask you to join me in the book of Acts, chapter number 1, Acts chapter number 1, and then once you arrive at Acts chapter number 1, I'd like for you to turn to Mark chapter number 6. So Acts chapter number 1, and then Mark chapter number 6. Did you get that? And let me, uh, let me just say that the message this morning will have absolutely positively nothing to do with the process that you folks are in, right? And I know what, you know, you know the process, right? How many say, raise your hand, I know the process we're in. Good. And I don't mean becoming more like Jesus, that's a process. This message will have everything to do with that. But the process of finding your next pastor. And so don't try to read between the lines, don't try to wonder what's he saying there, because when I, whatever I teach or say, you, you really, there's no reason to say, what do they mean by that? <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And uh, so this message will have nothing to do with that process, uh, but I would invite you to come back and be with us tonight at 5 o'clock. Acts chapter number 1, I would ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Acts chapter number 1, and just one verse, but I really want us to concentrate <clears throat> on this one verse. Acts 1, look at verse 1. The Bible says, now the former treaty have I made, O Theophilus, now I want you to concentrate on the next statement, of all that Jesus began, look at these words, both to do and teach. Is that what your Bible says? All right, can, can we read it together? Can we read that verse together? Yeah, you ready? Here we go. Acts 1, verse 1. The former treaty have I made, O Theophilus, 
of all that Jesus began both. Did, did, did you notice? Did you notice how? You know, it, it declares how he began to both do and teach. See that? Now I want you to hold on to that, if you would. We're going to get back to that here shortly. But let's pray together, and then I'll allow you to be seated. Father in heaven, we thank you for allowing us to gather on this Sunday morning. And Lord, simply, simply put, we're just asking you to help us to worship you in spirit and truth. We're asking you to come down, hijack this service, every mind, every heart, from the preacher to every person sitting in the pew, no matter what age, no matter what background or pedigree, and just do what you do best, touch our lives for the better. I'm not sure if there's someone here this morning who needs to be saved. I'm not sure if there's someone here this morning who is just going through a difficult time, circumstances unpleasant, unwanted, uninvited, and yet, and yet they're there. And we're not sure what the condition of the church is, but we all know we're needy, and what we need is you. And so meet with us and bless us and encourage us and help us to leave here this, uh, this morning in a better condition than when we've come in, at least spiritually. And for that, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen. You may be seated. Uh, I think if I, if I were to say Jesus was a great teacher, you, you might be able to say, well, that's an understatement. But he was. And if, you, if you've been around uh, any length of time and if you've read your Bible, you know that our Savior Jesus was a master communicator. Isn't that right? All right, so let's, let's try this. Let's try this before I get started. Uh, I'm going to say, isn't that right? And you're going to say, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Come on, have fun, uh-huh. We're not going to be here too long. I mean, I'm going to get you out of here before long, uh-huh. Ready? <laughs> Good for you. So, Jesus was a master communicator. Amen? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's just the way it was. And if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you read the New Testament, here's what you find. You find that he would, he would employ different techniques in his teaching. I like that. You know, uh, in my ministry, I, 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 try to, I try not to use the same MO all the time. You know, I, I like to employ different techniques. And that's not unusual. I, I found that to be the way it was in the New Testament. And Jesus had this ability to uh, paint word pictures, right? Did you, did you ever read some of a, I mean to tell you, just a master communicator. And, uh, and, and, man, you read some of, some of his parables, you know, and some of the... And you know what he had the ability to do? Not just uh, uh, paint uh, pictures with words, but I enjoy this. He, he, he had the ability to, uh, to speak, and when he spoke, he would hide deeper truth in deeper thought. So he would speak something to his disciples, and at the same time, he's speaking it in such a way that the other crowd had no clue as to what he was saying. You know? That was awesome. But what gave Jesus and his teachings most authority is found right there in our text this morning because it says this in, in the former, of all that Jesus began to both, look at it, do and teach. See how that's brought together? He, he, didn't, just, he didn't just teach it. 
No, he embodied it. He didn't just teach it, but he, he, he lived it. He exemplified it. In essence, what, what it says there is before he taught it verbally, he taught it physically. I like that, don't you? I mean to tell you, man, if you've been around any length of time, you've heard it said and you've probably said that, uh, you know, words are cheap, right? I mean, if you're going to talk it, then you ought to walk it. And that's old. That's old school, isn't it? Nah, but there's some things you can't improve upon. And when it comes to Jesus uh, and his teachings, what you find is all the time before he taught it, he did it. He embodied it. He exemplified it. And that gave it authority. That gave it authority. That gave it authority. And when you look through the scriptures, here's what you find. You find what Jesus taught. See it? What Jesus taught. And, Raji, uh, I, I, I don't know if it was this year, maybe last year, the end of last year, I went through a series on Sunday morning, uh, and I entitled it, What Jesus Taught. And I mean to tell you, I can continue to teach that until Jesus comes back, because it is in, in, it's in, you can't exhaust it. I mean, he taught about everything. For example, when you read through the New Testament, you find that Jesus taught about the authority of the Word of God. Oh, we got to do better than that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm starting a bad, bad trend here this morning. Let's say amen right there. That's usually what I say. And then some of my smart Alex will say amen right there. You know, say amen right there. And they'll say amen right there. Uh, but when he taught, he taught varied subjects. And one of the things he taught us about was the authority of the Word of God. Now, we believe that here at Open Bible. Amen? Uh-huh. Boy, you're losing it quick. Uh, and what that means is this. The Bible, the Word of God, I mean this is important. The Bible, the Word of God, is our rule for faith and practice. What we do, we do because of the Bible. It's the authority, not the preacher, not the deacons. Hello? Not some committee, not some trustees. You have trustees? We're all trustees. We ought to be trusted, right? Uh, but, but it's the Bible. The Bible is our rule for faith and practice. Jesus taught us about the authority of the Scriptures. You got a Bible? You got a Bible? You got a Bible? You have God's Word on it. Boy, that's good, isn't it? I don't mean the preaching. I mean the truth. We have God's Word on it. And Jesus also taught about the power of prayer. Now, I would never finish this message if I stopped and paused and, and talked about all these. But just think about how Jesus overemphasized prayer, you know, and the power of prayer. He taught us about, now, don't, don't, don't choke on this, but he taught us about the importance of others. Others. Why is it it gets quiet when we talk about everybody else? Huh? Can I say this to you? Can I, can I just pause, put, the, put, put it on the hold for a second? Everybody ought to be important to everybody. Huh? There's nobody in this room more important than anybody else in this room. Huh? In, in essence, you ought to come to church and say, you know what? I matter, but I don't matter more than he matters or she matters or they matter. You do matter. 
if you live and breathe and if you're saved, you matter. God loves you. Jesus loves you. He died for you. I mean, he lives for you. But that's true of everybody else too. That's true of everybody else too. You know what would be great, Dave? It would be great if the 70-year-olders cared about the 30-year-olders and the 30-year-olders cared about the 70-year-olders. It'd be great if the 20-year-olders cared about the 65-year-olders and the 65-year-olders cared about the... And if everybody really loved on the teenagers. Everybody ought to care about everybody because everybody matters. Amen? Uh-huh. Jesus taught that. Look here, you can't read your Bible without seeing that. I mean, often it's always about one another, one another, one another. One another, one another, everybody else, everybody else. So when I come to church, it's not about me. It's not about, don't miss this. Don't miss this. It's not about sitting here saying, when is he going to finish already? It's saying he's gone a little bit longer because there's somebody here that really needs to hear that. Come on, say amen right there. It's not saying, well, I can't stand that song. It's saying somebody, somebody needed to hear that song today. We've got to stop coming to church for me. We've got to come for him and everybody else. That's good preaching. I, I don't, that's good preaching in Florida and New Jersey and anywhere you want to cut it. That's Bible preaching. That's what Jesus taught. Amen? Uh-huh. I'm getting used to this on huh. I like it. <laughs> yeah, he, he taught about the lostness of the lost. Can I ask you a question? I may never get to the end of this message. What time am I finished? Who? Four. I don't have enough energy for four. I can go about another 10 minutes. I'm going to pass out. Uh, what time? 12, 12 o'clock? Oh, man, we can go for a while. Uh, look here. Why does it surprise us when lost people act lost? I mean, you have, you have, and we want lost people to come to, oh, 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 I'm going to get confused with BBC and OBC and all these other C's. We want people to, lost people to come here. So why does it offend us when somebody comes in who's lost and they have ink all over them? Look here, ushers, when people come in with ink, put them up here. Put them on the platform with me. Let me sit next to them. Oh, no, he's got, a, he's got a piercing right here, and she's got one right here. Put him right here. Amen. Let me sit with them. Why? Because lost people need Jesus. Amen. And I don't know why we get so, meh, uh, when lost people act like they're lost. How do you expect a lost person to act? They're lost. <laughs> Man, I'm having a good time in New Jersey. Jesus talked about that. Huh? So you say, Pastor, uh, you know, what did Jesus teach? <laughs> no, yeah, he taught a whole lot about eternity, heaven and hell. By the way, there's still a heaven and there's still a hell. And if you believe in a heaven, you must believe in a hell. <laughs> or you really don't believe in heaven because the same person who taught about heaven taught about hell more than he taught about heaven. Ah. <sighs> Let me tell you what happens here. Tyler, look here. We can say amen to that all we want, but if we never tell anybody about the gospel message, we really don't believe what Jesus taught about heaven and hell. I was blessed yesterday. I showed up for the 
the uh, event, the, out, uh, the, the outreach event here. It was awesome. It was a good gathering. I don't know how many people were here. It had to be a thousand. <laughs> that was a Baptist count, you know. Uh, man, it was good, man. I mean, it was good. And, 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 and they made some breakfast and whatnot and so on. Tyler gave an awesome challenge from John 17. It was really good. And then, man, it was, it was, it was exciting for me to see people excited about going out into their community, their Jerusalem, sharing the gospel, you know? And Brother Tyler told us here just a little bit ago, 1,500 yesterday? 1,500, man. That's pretty good, huh? Can I share this with you? I don't know how you feel about this. I, th I think I do, but that really blesses our Savior more than anything else you can do. Because the very thing he died for is lost souls. So when, when you look at the scriptures, Jesus taught about the authority of the Bible. He taught about uh, the power of prayer. He taught about uh, caring one for another. He, he, he taught about eternity, the lostness of the lost. But then he taught about, he taught lessons that seemed to be really hard. For example, he taught us to take up our cross. He didn't say, take up my cross. He said, take up your cross. Take up your cross and follow me. Go ahead and pick up all your baggage because we all have it. Help me here. We all got baggage. Go ahead and pick up your baggage and follow me. And here's what happens. As you begin to follow him with all your bag, he begins to unload your bag for you. And it gets a little lighter. I know this is old school, and I don't want to date myself, but you remember footprints? You remember the part where, where, you know, where the person says, where I say, but Lord, all I see is one set of prints, and he says, uh, hey, man, I've been carrying you. That's what happens when, when you just follow him, take up your cross, lift up your, what does it mean to take your, your cross? That means this, just, just you, your lock, stock, and back, your whole life. See, some people say this. They say, well, I'll follow Jesus, but I got it, I got it, I got it. It's kind of like in the, you know, in the, in the analogy there when he calls some disciples and one says, well, I got a, you know, I got a father and I got, I got a this and I got, and Jesus said, man, if, if you're going to worry about all that, you, you can't follow me. Come and follow me anyway. That's a hard lesson, isn't it? Uh, how about this one? How about if your eye offends you, pluck it out? Now, we know that's, that, that's not literal, Right? But what he's saying is this. And what he's saying is this. Uh, you're, if you're going to follow me, if you're really going to emulate me, if this is going to make a difference in your life, you are going to have to get past that critical spirit. You know what I found out in church? Brother Bob, I found out in church that some people believe that having a critical spirit is a gift of the spirit. <laughs> God's gifted me to pick out all your faults and flaws, and, and we're good at it. That's one of the gifts we cultivate, right? I want to be a master fault finder. <laughs> man, we're good at that, you know? Well, Jesus said this, man. He said, you, you know, if you're I offend you, I'll, pl I'll pluck it out, you know? And I know it's got to do somewhat with, you know, looking at the wrong things and causing you to feel, but it also has to do with the way we look at others. And yeah. He said, judge not that you not be judged. Can I share with you maybe one of, the, one of the more heavier things he taught? 
He taught this, you must be born again. You must be born again. You remember that in John 3, right? Verse 3. You must be born again. Nicodemus said, what in the world are you talking about? What, what do you mean by that? And Jesus went through the analogy there. You must be born again. So if you're here this morning and, you, and you're yet to be born again, look here, open Bible's a great place, but open Bible can't get you to heaven. No, no. Open Bible and, and it's past, it's history, it's pastors did not die on the cross for you. Jesus did. Amen. Jesus did. Amen? And so, what did Jesus teach? Well, he taught us wonderful, truthful, powerful, life-changing lessons. And often when you read through the New Testament, you find yourself in the classroom of Jesus. One, one scene, look there in Mark's gospel. Let me highlight a couple of things here, and I might let you go. Look at Mark chapter number 6. Look at, at, at verse number, verse 1. It says, and he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. So in essence, when you read through this passage of Scripture, Jesus returns home, right? He's out, I mean, he's out preaching, he's out doing ministry, and now he returns home. He's gone back to his own country, and of course, he's got his team with him, he's got his disciples, and when the Sabbath day was come, look, look, he began to, he began to teach, where at? In the synagogue. Right? He went where people were. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Now, the people listening to him, they're amazed, right? Who is this guy? And look at, the, look, look what he's doing. But look at verse number 3. They said, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and of Joseph and, and of uh, Judah and Simeon and Simon? And, and, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. We're in the classroom now. But Jesus said unto them, look at his response. Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And here's, here's what I want to get to. Look at verse number five and six. And he could there do no, no mighty work. Are you with me? He's out preaching. He's doing ministry. He comes back home. He's in the synagogue. He's teaching and preaching. The people are amazed. But the Bible says in verse number four, uh, verse number five, that he, could no, he, could, he, he just couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything there. No mighty work there. And he marveled, verse 6, because of their, say it with me, because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. Wow, how about that? So let me ask you this question. What, what, what did he teach? Well, he taught what he always taught, right? Same message everywhere he went. I mean, he just preached gospel, wants to see people get saved. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He just did what he always did. You with me? Uh, but I want you to notice here in this text of Scripture, it's not so much about what Jesus taught, it's about the response of the people. And that's what I want to leave you with this morning, the response of the people. Look here, Jesus was, was in this town before. In fact, Luke chapter number four, he was there preaching, you know. But for some reason, for some reason, his impact and his influence just wasn't, just wasn't connecting. Look here. There are churches all over America today where men are standing up, good men, with God's word, preaching it. 
And some of those guys, I'll tell you something, some of those guys are passionate about what they're preaching. Uh, I mean, they studied it out. They've prayed and prayed. Some guys fasted and said, oh, God, you got to come down and you just got to meet with us this, this Sunday. You got to do something in our service. And you, know you know what some of us do? Uh, some preachers in this room. You know, what some, you know what I did here this morning? You don't have to believe this, but I promise you I did. I walked around this auditorium. Now, I don't know where you sit, right? But I walked around this auditorium, and I just kind of did this here. And I prayed for people sitting in these pews for God to come along and do something rich and real in your life. I promise you I did that this morning. I did. You know why? Because this is not a game. This is no joke. Right? I don't come to church to play church. I don't have time to play church. I'd rather play golf. I'd rather go fishing. I don't have time to play church. No time for that. This is real. Huh? And so, and, and I know some of your names. I really prayed for Raji this morning. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Bless your brother. I did pray for your dad this morning, though. I'm glad your dad's doing really good. Uh, but are you, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Huh? And, but here's the thing. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Even though there's been some, and by the way, and let me just be honest, there are some preachers that are not worth their paycheck. Because they got their sermon on the Internet, they didn't pray over it, and all they want to do on Sunday morning is read it. Huh? Right? Go get a real job. Huh? But there are many that are just what I just said. And here's what happens, Tyler. These guys come and they pour out their heart and they leave it all. I mean, they dump the load and people leave week after week. Great message, preacher, but it makes no difference in their life. It makes no difference in their life. You say, why? I got the answer, John. Would you go to Hebrews with me, chapter number four, please? Would you go to Hebrews chapter four? I found the answer. Look at Hebrews chapter number four. And uh, look at verse number one. Hebrews four, verse number one. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering in uh, into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Now look at verse two. Here's the text. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto who? Them. I want you to say this with me. Us and them. Us and them. And so in verse number two, there's us and them. Now I know what you're thinking. Who was us and who was them? Huh? All right. Let's, let's keep reading. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word did not profit who? Them. Say this. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. Oh, come on. Play along for a little bit at least. I'm not one of them. So the word was preached unto us as well as unto them, but the word did not profit who? Them. Why? Well, let's read on. Why? Not being mixed with faith in who? Them. Hey, look here. Them got a problem. <laughs> We're okay, but them got a problem. Right? So, remember, remember the story? Here's this preacher. 
He's passionate. He's preaching his heart out. I mean, to tell you, he's, he's just delivering it. He got his message from God. He's prayed over it. He can't wait to share it. He's all pumped up. He lives for Sunday. He walks out. I mean, to tell you, he's, he's sitting here and he's saying, this is a great song service, but get off the platform. I want to preach. He's busting. And he gets up, and I mean to tell you, Roger, he just pours it out. And the people just sit there, and at the end of the service, they're kind. And they say, boy, that was a great message, Pastor. That's awesome, man, great truth. You really dug that one out from, you know. But there's no change in their life. Why? It's not mixed with faith. It's not mixed with faith. It's not mixed with faith. It's not mi- Look here. No matter how powerful the Word of God is, you, you and I, we've got to take it in. And our faith has got to put it into action. Huh? So let's talk about faith just for a second. What is faith? What, where, where, where's my brother, brother's at? Go ahead and t- help me with something. I know I'm way off course, but flip the page there on that slide. But faith is what? It's possible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is faith. It begins right there, right? And then, and then it says in that next verse, but look here, the just shall what? Live by faith. It's faith. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, right? Does he know what faith is? Look here. Faith is when you and I come to the Scriptures and don't say, I believe it. It's when you and I come to the Scriptures and obey it. That's faith. That's faith, right? It's you and I obeying the word of God. Look here. I hold up the Bible right now. Ready? How many of us believe that's, that's God's word? But how many of us are living it? Right? Yeah, I, I think I read someplace in the book of James where, where the demons, they believe and tremble. And we come in week after week and you got men, you got, you got men of God. And I don't mean us. I'm just talking generalization, right? Can I, can I do that? Because I'm leaving on Tuesday no matter what, so. <laughs> Getting out of town. And then they preach and they bear their heart and they prayed over it. And there's got, to be, there's got to be something in there for me. There's got to be. Right? You go back to that text in the Gospel of Mark. You look through that scenario there. There's a difference. Did you notice it said, did you lose your place? I'm right there. In Mark chapter number, number 6, I want to highlight a word. Look at it. Look at it. If you're still there, look at the word, if you would. Uh, unbelief. Verse 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Unbelief. Now, I'm, I promise you, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to wrap this up soon. Is that okay? You good? You're aware of this, right? There's a vast difference between doubt and unbelief. It's a vast difference. Look here. Before you can doubt something, you've got to believe something. Right? Huh? You know, when I got saved, I got saved. Right? I mean, once and for all. But don't judge me. After I, I, was, I was 19 years old when I got saved, and afterwards, every once in a while, I'd go to church and hear a message, and I thought, oh, that was a good one. I wonder if I'm really saved. 
And I'm not ashamed to admit this because I'd rather you think less of me than the person sitting next to you. But there were times early on, John early on, when I would lie in bed at night and I'd say, Jesus, if I'm not saved, would you save me? Now, I won't ask you to admit if you've done that, but I think this. I think we doubt things more than we like to lead on. And can I say this to you? It's okay to doubt. We're human. We're human. Right? You know, look here. You know why I'm here, right? Most of you know why I'm here? You know how often I've doubted why I'm, why, what am I coming here? Why am I here? What am I doing? Am I really following God? Am I crazy? That's normal. It's normal. But there's a difference between doubt and unbelief. Look here. Unbelief is a conscience, conscious decision to say no. Hello? And that's why it says Jesus couldn't do anything really of impact because of their what? Their unbelief. I mean, they just said no. Yesterday, we're out in the street. My wife and I were on, I don't know where, but we were somewhere. Guy comes out of his house, going to start up his car because he, just to warm it up, right? And so uh, we're walking down the street. Mrs. Janizzi's got a, 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 an invitation, goes right over to the fella. Hey, how are you? She says, oh, we're, we're inviting people to come to Easter service here at Open Bible Baptist Church. And she gave it to him. And, and he just, you can tell he was, hey, thank you. And he just started walking away, Right? So I wouldn't say he was an unbeliever or unbelief. So let me, let me tell you what happened. So let's just say, let's say uh, tomorrow morning the rapture occurs. Wouldn't that be great? Come on, be honest. I, I, I would love it. Rapture happens right now. I love it. Rapture happens. So uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Z over there, uh, we don't know if he was saved or not. We went by. He didn't say, hey, I'm not taking that. Get out of my, get off my driveway, get away. No, he didn't say that. He just took it graciously. Thank you very much. He was on his way doing something. So the rapture occurs this afternoon, tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, right? He's not saved. He's not saved because he didn't, he didn't get saved. I mean, we didn't lead him to the Lord. There's no evidence he was saved. He's not saved. So does that mean he's doomed forever? No, he could get saved during the tribulation. Huh? Because if you read 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, here's what it says. You know, there was those who had pleasure in unbelief. So, Mr. Z, you know, there's times I, 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 I take a gospel truck out, witness to somebody, and they say, well, I never heard that before. And I, I can't get them to pray with me or really accept Christ. But they don't deny it. They don't reject it. Are you with me? They just say, man, I've never, I've never heard that before. Well, the rapture occurs. I believe this. I believe after we go up in the tribulation, people do get saved in the tribulation. That person, because he didn't reject it, might say, good grief, that fellow was telling me the truth. And he gets saved. Now, he's going to have to probably endorse some things, right? But how about the person who said, when I try to give him a gospel, get off my step. I don't want to hear that. I don't believe that. By the way, are you aware of this? Are you aware that most of the world is atheistic? You look at top five countries that are, when it comes to atheism, you wouldn't believe the percentage of countries that are atheistic. And America's on the list. So what happens? Rapture occurs, person not saved, get off my step, I don't believe, I won't believe. The Bible says 
they're going to believe the lie and be damned. Huh? See, there's a difference between unbelief and belief. And so when the word is being preached like it's being preached this morning, the only way it can profit us is if we mix it with faith. What's that mean, Pastor? It means this, and I'll wrap this up. It means this. When the word of God is preached and God tugs at your heart, you say, yes, sir, help me to do it. I want to do it. That's for me. That's for me. I want to do it. When you, look at that, when you look at that text of Scripture, some things pop out. Let me give it to you, and I'll, I'll close. Uh, ready, guys? Stay with me. TJ, you ready? You ready? Unbelief, if, you're take, if you like to take notes, write this down. Unbelief ignores the facts. Unbelief ignores the facts. When you look at that text of Scripture, they were ignoring the clear fact. This was Jesus. He was the Word of God. He's giving them life-changing truth that they were ignoring the facts. Not only that, but unbelief uh, shifts the focus. <laughs> oh, man. Look at verse number three. Is not this the carpenter's son? He's teaching them life-changing, powerful truth. And you know what they say? Isn't that the carpenter's son? They're trying to shift the focus. We do that all the time in churches like this. We shift the focus, so to speak. Uh, have you, ever, have you ever heard preaching and it made you uncomfortable? If you came to a church like this for any length of time, you're going to get uncomfortable. You're going to hear something. You know what the tendency is? We shift the truth. Who is he to tell me? <laughs> I recall many times when my pastor would, you know, preach something, and I, I thought for sure my wife was ratting me out. You know, have my name all over that message, you know. And then finally, unbelief is easily offended. Verse number three, look, look, look at that again. Is this not the carbon center? And they were offended at him. You know what that word offended means in that? They were angry. They got angry at him. They got angry at him. Here's this pastor, Tyler. I mean, to tell you, he's preaching, and not me, he's preaching out his, he's preaching his heart out. And every once in a while, he might say something that, you know, man, you got it, you got it. And people get offended or angry at him. Well, nothing good can happen from that because the word's not being mixed with faith. Amen? Let me, let me close up shop by making just a couple of closing comments. Listen carefully. Uh, you come to a church like this, this church or a church like this, uh, you're going to get confronted with new truth. You will. Maybe, maybe, maybe not new truth, but new for you. Right? You might hear something and say, wow, I never. You come to a church service like this, and, uh, and you, you might get convicted of not doing what you know you should be doing. Huh? Relax. I'm not going to mention anything today. But it's true, right? I mean, I've been going to church for a long period of time, and I, I, was, I wasn't always the preacher. There's times I preach, and I say, I don't want to preach that. And the Lord says, why? He says, because it's convicting me. You know? But that's just the way it is. You come to church like this, you're going you're to hear something that's going to convict you. Uh, you come to a church like this, you're going to be reminded of decisions you may have previously made. Are you with me? Come on. Huh? <laughs> 
You come to a church like this, it's a possibility your Christian life may take on new meaning. You're closer to the Lord. I mean, it's becoming real. And so, I think this. I think you ought to come to church expecting to hear from God. I mean, why come? Right? You ought, you, ought to pray, you ought to pray for your preacher and say, I mean, the guy up here. I know there's a guy back here who goes by the name preacher, but the guy up here. You ought to pray for your preacher. God, give him exactly what I need, exactly what our church needs every single time he preaches. And I am going to, I'm going to be the first person to say amen, amen. Right? That, that just goes to show you that, man, God is working. I want to go to a church. I expect to hear from God when I go to church. Not only that, I think you ought to come to church expecting to meet with God. Can I take a little liberty? Thank you. Uh, when I was standing, sitting, whatever I was doing over here, and that group was singing, first of all, the choir, you did a great job. You did a great job. I had to do everything in my power not to stand up on this pew and say amen. You did a great job. And then every song that was selected this morning, I thought it was selected for me. Huh? Are you with me? Why? Because I choose to let that help me instead of stand back and say, I don't like that song. I don't like that song. I don't like that song. Once again, you came to church and thought it was all about you. You can say amen. It won't hurt. It's not about that. Look here. There's many times I, when I'm at home, I, I, during the worship service, I sit right here. I don't sit up there on the platform. I sit right here just like I did here. And I sing. In fact, I really think I'm on the worship team. They just won't let me on it. But I sing, man. I don't care who hears me. I sing. And I can't sing, but I sing because I like to sing. And there's many times I'm sitting here singing. And don't get offended if I raise up a holy hand and wave my Bible. I just get excited. I'm Italian. I get excited over garlic bread. You ought to see me in an Italian restaurant. I go crazy. <laughs> Brother Riddell thinks my last name's O'Malley, but it really isn't. <laughs> and then there's times, I mean this time, I'm not kidding you, man. There's times, I got a pretty big church where, I, where I'm from, and I'll sit here, and then I'm, I'm singing. I mean, I'm having a good time. And somebody come up to you, I don't think they're going to talk to me. And I have people come and say, and I say, excuse me, but I'm worshiping God. This is not time for me to answer your questions or, no, talk to me after the service. But right now I'm worshiping God. Look here, I'm not, I'm not opening up the paper. I'm, not, I'm, I'm paying attention to the work that went into that music ministry. And I just get the chance most of the time to get up and preach for that, which is wonderful. But I want to be stoked. Huh? I tell you right now, music service in my church, I don't like... I, I'm going to do a funeral, I'm going to do a funeral, but I don't do funerals on Sunday morning at 1045. <laughs> we're going to sing a hymn. It, we're going to sing it like we're under a tent. Huh? Right? Look here. I said all that. I come to church expecting to meet with God. And I met with God this morning. I enjoyed every bit of that. And I'm having a fun time right now, if you can't tell. That's the way it ought to be. That's what church ought to be. Right? And I think this, let me close with this thought. You ought to come to church expecting to grow in your Christian experience. Every one of us, there's so much room for growth. Right? Huh? 
I tell my church back home all the time, I, 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 I confess my sin to my church. I used to be Catholic. I'm, I'm used to confessing. <laughs> they, they produce a guilt machine in your brain and just got to confess, you know. And so, but, you know, I, I'm not a crazy driver, but I am get out of my way. I got somewhere to go kind of a driver. <laughs> and when I drive in Florida, I tell you, the Holy Spirit, he don't want to drive with me. You know? And oftentimes, Chuck, oftentimes, I got to confess when I'm finished driving. Put it in the bar and say, oh, God, I'm sorry. It's me, it's me, it's me. Okay. Oh, Lord, again, I know I was, I was almost cussing. I know it. I didn't verbally, but I mean to tell you somewhere inside, I probably did. Come on, man, get with the program. Come on. Huh? Right? Look here. There's areas in my life I really need growth. I really do. I'm not what I used to be, and I'm so glad. But I'm really not yet all that I should be. Huh? I know you are, but I'm not. So I preached this morning for me. But i got to take that truth and mix it with faith so I can be all that God wants me to be. And I trust you do the same. Amen? Let's pray together. Our heads are bowed. No one's looking about. Now, I know we said a lot of stuff this morning, and, and I'm not sure where God's touched your heart. I, 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 I honestly pray that he has, and if he has, then you know like I do. He wants you to do something with it. We've got to activate our faith. And so if God tugged at your heart, spoke to you, reminded you, challenged you, exhorted you, encouraged you this morning, then I think you ought to say this to him. Lord, you spoke to me, and now I want to speak to you about how you spoke to me. And if there are some decisions to be made, look here, it doesn't mean it's a once and for all. It's just, I'm going to do it today, Lord. I'm going to try to do my best today, and then tomorrow I'll get up and try to do my best tomorrow, and then the next day I'll try to do my best that day. Just the way it is, right? And I trust this morning you'll make some decisions. And then, but if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, there are people here who care for you. And we'd invite you to come as these instruments begin to play. We'd invite you to come and join us down front here. And let's talk with you. We'll take a Bible. We'll have a man talk with a man and a woman talk with a woman. And we'll try to share with you the simple plan of salvation. God's designed it. It's so simple. Great cost. It costs Jesus his, his life. But for you and I, it just takes faith. And friend, listen. Now, maybe you're a little nervous to come down front. You can call us tomorrow. You can catch us after the service. We'll be around. The staff will be walking around. I'll be walking around. Just come in and just talk with us. Email us. Call the church. We're here. We'll visit with you. You visit with us. We just want you to know for sure that you can go to heaven when you die. And if you are saved, you still need somebody to pray with, you come and talk with us as well. Father in heaven, we pray and work in every heart and every life as we now try to actuate our faith in what we just heard. We ask in Jesus' name and amen. Let's stand together. Let's stand. Do we sing or do you just play or just play? Let's do this. Spout for a second. And I want to ask you to do something for you, for the Lord, and for this church. Our heads are bowed. Would you consider making a trip to the old-fashioned altar? And just say, God, would you, would you help me to be my best? Help me to create a spirit of excellence in my life. And God, whatever it is you're trying to get at in me, I'm willing to let you I'm going to let you have it. 
Would you consider doing that? Would you, would you leave your place and come? And then maybe others will come and say, Pastor, I just want to come this morning. I want to pray for my church. I want to pray for God's will to be done in my church. I love my church, and I want God's will to be done here in my church. Would you come this morning and just find a spot? If you can't kneel down, that's okay. You can stand. But by all means, come. Oh, God, work in my heart and life. Draw me closer to you. I come broken and spilled out. I want your will to be done in my life. God, please. Yes, indeed. You keep coming. There's room. Hey, if you want someone to talk with you or pray with you, friend, you come. Just kind of give a nod, raise your hand. We'll come by and someone pray with you. Be a blessing to you. for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.